3: Let's face it.
6: Thanks for tuning in to Let's Face It. This is Will Strayhorn. It is, what, Sunday, January the 24th, and we are your hosts on Will Strayhorn
5: and Alicia Brown.
6: How you doing? What's going on?
5: I am wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Yes. Yes, yes. It, it's been a very blessed, long weekend.
6: Even with um, the snow? I,
5: yes, because I I have sense. I lock in. Um, I was traveling, actually, and when I came back that Thursday night, I knew I wasn't going anywhere until Monday. <laughs> so, you know, everything Oh, so you haven't been out up. the whole time? Oh, no, sir. I, I did my business trip Thursday, drove back on Thursday night, and like I said, I got everything I needed. I had a lot of work, um, that was prepared to do in that time and I knew, you know, weather wise, safely wise, I wasn't going out in this.
6: No, oh, you know, that's the that's the benefit of working for yourself. Enjoying yeah. your you yes. having having yes different things no, going on. No. You have the you have the privilege of working at home. If you have that discipline, you can do that.
5: Yeah, yeah. Well, after after my trip, yeah. I definitely had a little bit of an incentive to have more discipline. But,
6: you know. Now, were you in Raleigh? I was, for, who were you? I was in Raleigh. I was in Atlanta. Yeah. Okay. I know was no, I was, was in,
5: Raleigh, in Raleigh, boo. I was not in Atlanta.
6: Yes, you're a jet setter. You and Danielle, y'all jet setter. And Nathaniel. Nathaniel, Baby, he's the master jet it. setter.
5: You got to grind. You, you got to do it. You know, can't do business as usual. So,
6: right, man,
5: right. I, I mean, it was really worth it. You know, there are some opportunities that. It's that time. You gotta jump on, and I'm telling you, it paid off already. Just in ways I can't describe. I'm a little speechless. Yeah, I, I your testimony.
6: That's good. God's That's good.
5: good. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I'm safe because I'm I'm a Virginia girl from Virginia.
6: So uh-huh. you know,
5: in Virginia, we don't have mad snow, but people here drive like we do.
6: So but, if you can't okay, drive so in there, rain, I think uh, on your side it was worse than over here.
5: No, I think actually it was worse on your side. Really? Oh. Yeah, okay. 'cause we were we were pretty good.
6: Oh, okay, okay. But like I
5: said, if you can't drive in rain, the mm-hmm. minute there's one snowflake on the ground, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. it's the storm <laughs> of the year. No, I'm gonna stay in the house, 'cause you ain't gonna hit me. You, I, I my nerves just can't take it. Thank yeah. I'm gonna stay right <laughs> on <laughs> in the house and work. Yeah. Glory. So, oh, how was your weekend? Yeah.
6: Uh, no, I've been fighting bronchitis, but it, I have enjoyed myself. I've gotten so much rest. So, so for some reason, yeah. school this semester is a breeze. I don't have a lot of work. Um, I can do it like in an hour. And it's just been Oh, thank good. you, Lord. So I've been what resting. The doctor gave me some stuff with codeine, so I've been feeling really good. Oh, Lord. Just just That's relaxing, why he's
5: he Okay.
6: Yes, yes. I've been sleep. Yeah, you know, okay, I'm gonna need to talk our, to
5: the doctor and slide some money. No, you know? no. Like, can you keep no. that up, on Cody, a little bit longer? Thank you.
6: Thank <laughs> I got it. enough, and I got a refill. Hold I want refill, <laughs> so I'm gonna hold it. Yes, but um, I'm excited about the show. We have someone. We have our um a guest calling in from Nigeria. So um, yes. we're doing some great things, and we have a guest um, co-host tonight, and I'm gonna let Nate introduce. Co host Nate's birthday is today. I want to wish him hey. a, birth- a happy birthday. Yes, um, young man. Let's bring them on to the show to see exactly yes, how their week yes. is for doing. Hi, everybody. How are you? How was your week? Hey,
7: hey, hey, I had hey, a really
6: birthday.
7: good. Oh, Ooh.
6: Good oh was that. Ooh. that was oh, the birthday boy. <laughs> hell, oh, shoot. <laughs> hey. <laughs>
8: He get to <laughs> celebrate. Oh, go
6: He's ahead, market. Nate. He's marketing. Okay, okay. So how was your
1: weekend?
6: <laughs> marketing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Are you gonna use that also?
5: are so quiet. I'm a little scared. Birthday
7: boy, you're not gonna go first. I was letting you share your weekend, birthday boy.
0: Well, I didn't do anything this weekend. I stayed in.
6: <laughs> Ooh.
0: I got myself together. I'm still getting myself together (laughs) So I ask all of you Who know the works of prayer That have been saved For quite some time now
5: now. Continue
0: to pray for me And my strength Amen
6: Amen Amen. (laughs) Make sure you know the Lord Make sure you know the Lord (laughs)
5: That's like it. Can. Everybody can't pray for you, boo. Tell that.
0: And the Oscar goes, too. <laughs> oh, Lord. Not
6: <laughs> a black person, remember? Oh, not I was going to say that
0: because you know they please. can't. Act.
5: No,
6: was no. Please, please.
0: Was
5: please. That
0: well, we was your weekend, the thing, um, my, my weekend was very peaceful. I sat in this house, of course. So I was snowed in in North Carolina. They're not ready for it, so we're trying to get in the house. I'm um, trapped in the house, but you know, I, I, I watched, you know, some movies, I watched some TV shows, and I caught up on some reading, I've been reading a book um, by one of my good friends, her name is Trice Hickman, if you ever mm-hmm. um, find time to look her up, she's a great author, um, but yeah, just caught up on my, my ratchet television, and
5: uh-huh. I and, you
0: know, I guess I guess I had quality time with, with my dog, which I call the cord chewer, been uh-huh. chewing on a lot of cords here lately, yeah, Uh-oh. but you know. I hope they're not plugged I mean, in. Oh, they were plugged in. Yeah, I, I, oh, oh no, yeah they they were plugged in. driving that dog to, to suicide? Point. Oh, yeah. Yes, no, not what she do. She was about to be a hot dog. <laughs> you know, I I, I'm coming, right. I I mean, I come into the house and the lights is off. I'm like, what is my Lights off. I know I paid the electric bill. What is going on? Finally, she didn't choose the cords and then trip oh, the breaker? Oh, oh my lord! And she's in a corner hiding because she knew she oh, got no. something. Um, Oh, no. We're we're moving on down the line, you know. Yes. It's okay. I I prayed about it because I know the word of prayer. You know, I know the word of God.
6: You know, it's in me, and I had to pray.
0: Okay,
6: all right. Okay. You ready to preach? Poor dog.
0: No, no, no. no, no. I already preached already. We already preached. Okay. (laughs) Hey, how was the
6: weekend, boo?
7: It was busy, busy, busy. You know, I'm planning for an upcoming event,
0: so dealing
7: with all of that.
4: Um, we will be on there. top of,
7: I'm, I'm in school too, you know. So oh, I'm not you? as lucky as you.
4: And okay. this was
7: the week where I got hit with three, six, seven page papers. Uh, yay! Uh, yay, my butt! <laughs> <laughs> funny right there, <laughs> that was sarcasm, I'm right. rethinking, rethinking oh. life over here. Do I really need this degree? I don't need, yeah, you really need know. it. You no. want to do it,
5: girl? You <laughs> want to do it? Press to the
7: finish. Yeah. That was my weekend in front of a computer screen.
6: Okay. Well, that's, that's good. Everybody like had time weekend. to do what they
4: needed to do. That's good. Mm-hmm. Liz, how was your weekend? i need three more days. <laughs> um, my weekend was okay. I've been snowed in since Friday. I, I, I finally got out today, but I got stuck, so I'm back home probably for another mm. day or two. So I've just been catching up on homework, relaxing. Okay. Nothing major, no trouble. You got okay. stuck? Yeah, I got it's it's about a foot of snow that's just straight ice. And then because the sun came out, it's freezing all the snow. So it's like, oh, no. and they're not plowing because VDOT took all their trucks off the road yesterday. So now nice. they're trying to get on the road and catch up. So my whole neighborhood is just straight ice.
6: Oh, wow. A foot wow. Of ice. Yeah. Okay. Well, Nathan has his BFF, a good friend of ours who's going to a co I'm going to let Nate introduce her. <laughs>
0: I tell you, this co-host that's about to come on, she is smart, she is <laughs> kind, Don't you and dance? she is important. Do you hear me? <laughs> she is a fellow thespian, and the baby can sing. Oh, my God, yeah. can she sing? She's an actress. She's a director. She's an educator on stage. Off stage and in yeah. the public school classroom, yeah. so I would like mm-hmm. for you guys to put a great let's face it radio station. Welcome to my girlfriend Sharon Cook.
4: Hi, welcome to All
8: the show, right? Sharon. Hi, hey, everybody. So, Sharon, how was
6: your weekend? How was your weekend? It
8: was. It was nice. I stayed inside, and uh, well, I did go out yesterday. And worked out, actually, with um, Nate. Yes. We um, worked out. He forgot to mention that. And uh. the <laughs> painful beating. <laughs> uh-huh. Trying to, um, you know, work off some of that snowed in yeah. eating. Yeah. And other than that, I just, um, I did Netflix and chill.
6: Netflix and chill. <laughs> That's my term. Oh I yeah, love it. I love it. Netflix and chill. All right, okay. <laughs> I feel by myself though. I was
0: alone. I Where you? were alone. Who was really alone though? I was alone. Cricket
6: <laughs> <laughs> You had the Lord with
0: you. Yes.
8: There you
6: go. Yes.
0: You were never alone. Yeah. Will? 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 Will were, hey, Will, were you alone? Oh,
6: oh, see, I a hot topics. That's why I'm well, I have so much static on my hand, but we're going to go to the hot topics. Yes. Yes, we'll get that's to your question later, topic. Jay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, last week, last week, you know, the whole Oscars um, oh, no. drama yeah. is still continuing. Um, it's kind of dying down a little bit, but the whole white Oscars, you know, mm-hmm. they're. For the second year in a row, there have been no black um, actors or actresses nominated for leading um, movies, and that was a big issue. We had a good discussion last week, um, good dialogue between Nate and Nathaniel, and I just wanted to continue that because a few things have transpired, but what we're going to do is I have three clips, and I'm going to play them, let you guys hear them, and then we'll discuss each one. So I'm going to start with the one that's basically summarizing everything that's going up through Wednesday. Um, To my knowledge, a few things have happened since then. But this is pretty much the general gist of what's going on.
2: The Academy Awards president has released a statement amid controversy around the lack of diversity amongst nominees, and we have the details for you right now on Clever's Trophy Life. The stars have spoken again, and the Academy has nodded its head again. Amongst the large list of snubs at this year's Oscars, nothing was more glaring than the obvious lack of diversity amongst the nominees across all the categories and the discussion has now moved on to include many A-list actors and creators. In response to the controversy, the Academy president Cheryl Boone Isaac has issued a statement saying she's quote, both heartbroken and frustrated about the lack of inclusion and acknowledges this is a difficult but important conversation that needs to happen. Isaac goes on to say that the Academy is taking dramatic steps to alter the makeup of their membership but points out that it's not happening fast as they already attempted to implement changes four years ago. She goes on to say that the need for change within the Academy has been apparent before with multiple changes brought in the 60s and the 70s and she hopes to implement similar change in her time. Of course this isn't just a problem for this year's awards as it also happened last year and has proven to be a problem for quite some time. Selma star David Oyelowo described in a recent speech that he spoke to President Isaacs last year after all 20 acting nominees ended up being white, having, quote, deep and meaningful conversation, as the star put it, hoping, as many have before, something would finally be done. Oyelowo points out, though, that nothing did and says, quote, for that to happen again this year is unforgivable. While some have issued brief statements speaking to the effect of the problem, other stars have gone a step further into taking actual action against the issue. Outspoken director Spike Lee has called for a boycott of this year's Oscars in a lengthy social media post. In it, Lee evoked several quotes from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. going on to say that he's tired of being sought after by the media for his thoughts on the lack of diversity in Hollywood, suggesting perhaps the media should instead gather quotes from the current nominees or executives who nominated them. Continuing with that thought, Lee addressed that particular executive branch of Hollywood, saying that until there's diversity in those highest levels of decision making for films being made, change will not come. Joining Lee in the Oscar boycott is Jada Pinkett Smith, whose husband Will Smith was considered a contender for Best Actor for *Concussion*. In a video posted on her Facebook page, Pinkett said, "Quote: Begging for acknowledgment or even asking diminishes dignity and diminishes power. So let's let the Academy do them with all grace and love, and let's do us." differently. While others have agreed with the boycott, some have not. Will Smith's former Fresh Prince co-star Janet Hubert issued her own statement criticizing Pinkett by saying she, quote, finds it ironic that somebody who has made their living and made millions and millions of dollars from the very people that you're talking about boycotting just because you didn't get a nomination, just because you didn't win, She goes on to suggest that perhaps Smith and others didn't deserve their nomination. Actor Idris Elba, who is considered by many a shoe-in for a Best Supporting Actor nomination for his work in Beasts of No Nation, recently spoke to Britain's Parliament and pointed out that the lack of character diversity in British television was so horrible a few years ago that he was only able to land serious lead roles in British dramas such as Luther after firmly establishing himself in America. Though he points out TV seems somewhat more diverse here in the States, it's lacking elsewhere and that then extends into the film world. As for this year's Oscars host Chris Rock, he's dealing with the controversy the best way he knows how, by cracking jokes. He recently took to Twitter to call the Oscars, quote, the Whites BET Awards. While there is certainly a clear problem, it doesn't discredit the majority of these nominated this year, as there were plenty of outstanding performances, but of course, the debate persists. What will happen next is anyone's guess. The hope is certainly that change will come sooner than later and that meritable performances will finally be acknowledged, regardless of race, gender, or otherwise. But what do you guys think? Should individuals boycott the Oscars, or are there more important issues they should be concerned about? Head down to that comment section and tell us what you think, and then click over here to check out who did.
6: That's pretty much it. Oh, but um right. what do you think about the some of the things that she said and about some of the things that people are doing? Do you think is well, would think like this first? Support?
0: I would like to first point out that the 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 lady that's in charge of the Oscars or the um academy, she is a black lady. Right. Oh, that makes it right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she can only do as much as the white people gonna allow her to, yeah exactly okay. one black woman with six thousand members, six thousand members, mind you, six thousand members seventy five but I think but I believe of the six thousand it's only it's like a few that actually count
8: right everybody I say get a I think vote. it's
0: thirteen, yeah, it's not a you get to. I can't. I can't remember how I was reading it the other day when I was doing my research like a, on it. like a electoral vote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's it's exactly similar to that. And it's yeah. not
8: guaranteed that everybody who votes gets actually sees the films, all the films that they're voting for.
6: Exactly. Yeah. So, so they exactly.
8: I think that. Um You know, the boycott is all good and well, and that's fine. Do what you feel like you have to do. But I feel like um, it would make a greater statement if they had um, actually um, solicited the black community and pulled together to boycott going to the movies. Because
7: Mm -hmm. I read a
8: statistic that showed that 40% of movie tickets were purchased by African Americans.
6: Uh
8: Yeah, wouldn't calling for an economic boycott. These be more effective than just refusing to attend or watch the Oscars because I don't think it's going to matter if you you don't watch it and you, you're not there. But
0: All we right. could say
8: for with our buying power. Um,
0: as Let's be to just honest. Not do, we, watch do we really watch the Oscars? Though? That's what I yeah. wanted to say.
7: People boycotting it is not going to make a significant difference in the viewers because we. We don't usually watch the Oscars, but we we wouldn't be hurting them so much financially. I think that Sharon made a good point about boycotting movies, but there's also another piece to this. Individuals like Jada Pinkett Smith have the money to create avenues for their two right. movies, mm-hmm. for us to have movies. Because part of the problem is not that they didn't pick movies, but we don't even have very many movies to pick from. So mm-hmm. right, we need to be tackling that issue too. Now,
0: which this bothers Janet, me. Okay, you say this. I'm sorry. No, go so ahead.
7: You good? This bothers me because we spend a lot of time focusing on the Oscars when there are people in Flint, Michigan that are struggling yeah. with the water yeah. crisis. That's more important. I could care less about the Oscars based on some of the other things that are happening to us um, as a community. And I think that uh, a lot of the media is focusing on this, and we're not getting enough attention on some issues that are very important right now that we need to be focusing on. This is an issue, but it's a minor issue compared to some of the things that we got going on as a community,
0: as black people. And Danielle, that is so uh-huh. funny that you brought that point up because I, I was watching the Bill Morris show today, and he said he made the exact same, the exact same point, how cynical <laughs> that we've become that, they, we have major issues like detainment water, and they cover it up with bullcrap like the Oscars. hmm
6: so, Because What'd that's what we
0: run it? to. We run to what? that that, mm-hmm. that reality-type TV that's going to keep up extrudishness instead of picking out the real meat of things. So now they got black folk acting crazy because we didn't get an Oscar. But we have been getting them for real anyway. That's why we got the BET awards and the but that's what but, but that's what awards. causes the separation. That's what causes the separation amongst the community yeah. because we have some we have some who say, "Well, why are we been fighting to sit at their table if they don't want us there?" And then we have others saying, "Well, we work hard, we deserve a position at their table." So it causes yeah. a division. But then Wait, are no. we really sitting at their table? Are they I really inviting us to their table? No, the they're not at all. The whole point is
5: you need to pick You know, if you don't have a dog in the fight, you need to ask yourself why you're spending so much time on this. Again, I'm more touched by the Flint, Michigan situation. You're talking about over 10,000 children who are drinking this water that people shouldn't even be bathing in. And they're going to have neurological damage for the rest of their lives. And never mind that this was primarily an African-American population that was affected. So, again, if I'm don't have, a, if i not winning an Oscar, I'm not an actress, I'm not any part of that community. If Will and Jada Smith want to say something, well, they're part of that community. If you have mm-hmm. other people on the other side that want to say something and argue back and forth, they're a part of that community. It affects them. They have a vested interest. I don't have a vested interest. So I'm one of those people, if I don't have a dog in the fight, it's not going to affect my environment, my community. I'm not really all that concerned about it.
6: We have other pressing right. issues. Okay, well, my, let's, my. let's hear what let's hear real
3: quick what Jada had to say. Hi, today is Martin Luther King's birthday, and I can't help but ask the question: Is it time that people of color recognize how much power, influence that we have amassed, that we no longer need to ask to be invited anywhere? I ask the question, have we now come to a new time and place where we recognize that we can no longer beg for the love, acknowledgment, or respect of any group, that maybe it's time that we recognize that if we love and respect and acknowledge ourselves in the way in which we are asking others to do. That, that is the place of true power. I'm simply asking the question. Here's what I believe. The academy has the right to acknowledge whomever they choose, to invite whomever they choose. And now I think that it's our responsibility now to make the change Maybe it is time that we pull back our resources and we put them back into our communities into our programs, and we make programs for ourselves that acknowledge us in ways that we see fit that are just as good as the so called mainstream ones. I don't know here's what I do. <laughs> Begging for acknowledgement or even asking diminishes dignity and diminishes power. And we are a dignified people, and we are powerful, and let's not forget it. So let's let the Academy do that with all grace and love, and let's do us differently. I got nothing but love. Hey, Chris, I will not be at the Academy Awards, and I won't be watching, but I can't think of a better man to do the job at hand this year than you, my friend. Good luck. And to the rest of you, nothing but love, always.
9: Black Chris Janet Hubert coming to you, not in a post, but... Sort of in a post. And um, I got to say, I've been trying to figure out, do do I really want to do this? And, yeah, I do. I do. Today being um, the celebration of Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday and hitting 60 years old, I just, I'm at that point where I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, I don't give a kitty. I want to say something about um, Jada Pickett Smith asking other actors, black black actors and actresses to boycott the Oscars. Uh first of all, Miss Thing, um does your man not have a mouth of his own with which to speak? And the second thing is, girlfriend, there's a lot of shit going on in the world that you all don't seem to recognize. People are dying, our boys are being shot left and right, uh, people are hungry, people are starving, people are trying to pay bills, and you talk about some motherfucking actors and uh, Oscars, and it, it just ain't that deep. And here's the other thing, for you to ask other actors and other black actresses and black uh, actors to jeopardize their career, and they're standing in a town that you know damn well, you don't do that. And... Here's the other thing, they don't care. They don't care. And I find it ironic that somebody who has made their living, made their living and made millions and millions of dollars um from the very people that you're talking about boycotting, just because you didn't get a nomination, just because you didn't win. That is not the way life works, baby. Okay? And it it's very suspect to me. And I seem to recall, hmm. 20, maybe 6, 7 years ago, 25, whatever it was. What, what, no, I don't even remember. But I seem to remember at option time coming to you and saying, you know what, Will? You're the star of the show. Why don't we all get together? And with you, maybe we could get a little raise. Maybe the network, since, you know, the show is such a hit and you being the star of the show, your influence will help us greatly, like we did on Friends, like white shows do. Remember that? Do you remember that? Because I do. Hmm. And your response to me was, my deal is my deal and y'all's deal is y'all's deal. Well, karma must be a bitch because now here you are. Here you are. You've had a few flops, And you know, there are those out there who really deserved a nod. And Idris Elba was one of them. Lord have mercy. Beast of No Nation was incredible. That man is an incredible actor. You are not... Maybe you didn't deserve uh, a nomination. I I didn't think, frankly, you deserved a Golden Globe nomination with that accent. But you got one. And just because the world don't go the way you want it to go, doesn't mean that you can go out and then you start asking people to stand up and sing, We Shall Overcome for You. Mm. You ain't Barack and Michelle Obama. And y'all need to get over yourselves. You have a huge production company that you only produce your friends, your family, and yourself. So you are a part of Hollywood. You are a part of the system that is unfair to other actors. So get real. Now, for those of you who say, Miss Huber, here she go. Here she go. Here she go being bitter. Bitches, please. It's not about being bitter. It's about being right. You know, some of us got mortgages to pay. We got bills to pay. We got bigger shit to worry about than the Oscars. The only Oscar I care about right now is Oscar Maya Wina with mustard and relish. And on that note, Black Trist Janet Huber Signing off Peace Baby. Black Christ Janet Huber.
4: Mayawena, honey. <laughs> I can't run
6: ten. down, that was funny. So what do you think between her and Jana? What do you, th- I mean, I th- yeah, between Ooh. her and Janet. What's <laughs> that really going on?
4: can some valid points, though. I mean, yeah.
6: Like what?
4: There's so much more to yeah, think like, about than the Oscars. Like, she made a oh, point, yeah, because Will something. didn't get it, now you're mad. Like, girl, mm-hmm. this has been going on for some years.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Actually, everything she said was valid. I just came. It just came across from a bitter place, and like I said, five glasses. Right. wine And medication. I don't for think her she mind. bitter. Why do you have to be uh, bitter just to have a? Well, no, 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 no. Let, let me tell you why. She Let's comes across. she comes across as bitter. bitter. She uh. does. And we already know that her and Will have had this twenty-five year issue exactly. that has not been resolved. And and exactly. I don't understand why she's upset. She was a seasoned actress who actually brought a lot of life to that show. And when they took her off, it, it kinda went downhill a little bit for me. It was still good. Yeah. But I really I really liked her as Aunt Viv. I really did.
6: Mm-hmm. And
0: then they brought they brought on the light skinned version. I mean that was really drastic.
8: <laughs> but y'all know what? As an actress as an actress, that's that is a part of the price you pay in that business.
7: That mm-hmm. sometimes
8: you have the part and sometimes they come and they pull it right from under you. There, there is no guarantee.
0: Um, well, they said that she was hard to work with. I heard her in another mm-hmm. interview that, uh, this is named Alfonso, who was the guy that played Carlton? They said that he he yeah. even oh, didn't get, yeah. al- he, didn't get al- he didn't get along with her. A lot of people didn't get along with her on the set. And I've heard that she's been difficult to work with. Mm-hmm. I don't know how true that it is because I've never worked with her, so I don't know. But if no one knew her and they looked at that interview or that clip, they would think that, yeah, she's difficult. She's she's a rough cookie. But, I mean, right. she's valid. She still was valid. But she had a clean-up video that was really good, and, I mean, I think it came across better. But I think that I believe that if the Oscar were to take Jada's Pickett's interview and put it on the screen and say, this is why y'all are not winning no awards, because you can't act. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. Absolutely. Do, so do, so, do y'all
6: know anyone who you feel should have got nominated this year that was black? Idris, I do
0: believe Idris should have got nominated.
6: Yeah,
4: I
0: I
7: agree with that. And, and I
0: also but he, the black Michael guy should have got nominated well. I think he did well. a good job. I, I can't say well, his well, name. well, I'm sorry, I, think I have not. have got nominated as well. Yeah, I do. But I, you know what? I didn't even see the movie. I haven't even saw Will's movie. So guess what? I wouldn't even be able to get nominated.
6: Now that the accent, his acting was good, but that accent was horrible. The accent was god awful. Mm, yeah. The accent was, it, yeah. but and I the, think when the
0: I accent got in the way. Go ahead, Sharon. i It was distracting. Yeah.
8: It was, and you he, have to be he careful. Was when, hard. when you use act,
0: when you acting
8: in a role that qu- requires you to use an accent, because if you can't pull it off effectively, it does become a distraction. Um, but I think that Idris's role—I saw him in um, *Beast with No Nation*, and I thought he was outstanding. I thought the, the the other actors in that in that play, the little African boys and stuff, were the, the little boy that played the lead um, was awesome as well, and, and quite deserving of a nomination. Um, interestingly, the screenwriters for *Out of* *Straight Out of Compton*, which were all white, received a nomination, but none of them. Are, black actors did and Sylvester Ooh. Stallone received the nomination for Creed, but the what's the young man's name that played Creed, Apollo's son? Michael B. Jordan. Michael yeah. B.
10: Jordan. Yeah, that's who
7: yeah. I was talking about. I didn't know his name though. And um yeah.
10: Okay.
8: And
7: of course nobody out of Beast with No Nation. So it's
8: just it's it's interesting. Oh, that was a good yeah. movie.
6: Yeah. <clears throat> Well, Hi. we're going to take a commercial break. And when we come back, we already have one line, our guest calling in from Nigeria. So we want to get her on, Miss Alec Korji. Uh, and she's going to be on right mm-hmm. after this break. You're listening to Let's Face It. We'll be right back. All right. <laughs>
0: Nick Cannon here. So, of course, we all know there's lots of talent in America. But unfortunately, there's something else we've got way too much of. Childhood hunger. 17 million kids struggle with it in this country. But here's the thing. This problem is entirely solvable. Seriously, we already produce more than enough healthy, nutritious food in this country to feed every single last one of those hungry kids. We just need a way to get it to them. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks is out there every day gathering surplus food to give hope to hungry kids and their families all across the country. But they need your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council.
3: We need to talk.
4: Can we just enjoy the drive?
3: If you're not gonna listen to me, who will you listen to?
8: Jeffrey. Ah!
3: Marsha Gay Harden. What what? The...
8: Eyes on the road, Dad.
3: What, what, what what are you doing? What what are you
8: what are you what are you doing in my back seat? How did you get in here? You're getting older.
3: Not that old. Your brain's changing. It's natural. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Honey, I've got experience with this. Jeffrey, brain health is all about making the most of your brain as you age and helping to reduce some of the risks to your brain. Really?
4: Now that's interesting.
3: So, you'll talk to her about this, but not me.
2: Marcia Hardin? Wh- where did she go?
3: Learn what you can do to help keep your brain healthy at brainhealth.gov.
4: Did she? Did she
3: uh, oh, she didn't say goodbye. I mean, I go to visit brainhealth.gov.
6: Welcome back to Let's Face It. Our first guest this evening, she's a Nigerian actress, writer, TV personality, talk show host, speaker, author, self-help mentor, and the founder of the Naked Movement. Also an advocate for expression and a multi-form ambassador, platform ambassador for self-empowerment and transformation. She spends most of her days building her purpose, promoting expression and empowering minds globally. As an expressionist, she needed a platform where she could be transparent and her voice could be heard, somewhere she could cry, laugh, curse, or use the F-word if need be. So tonight, with a witty-gritty, no-holds-barred approach to an intellectual discussion about love, life, inspiration, sex, and reality, please help me welcome to the show Miss Alex Akaroji. Did I pronounce that right?
10: Thank you so much, Will. Hi. See, that's what right? That's okay. That's we were practicing <laughs> with your name. I'm sorry. Welcome uh, It's fine. It's Okorji. Okorji. Can you
6: hear me? Okorji. Okorji. Yes, it's Okorji. Okorji.
10: Okorji. But you. it's okay. to like say it. Alex. <laughs> thank okay,
6: you.
10: But ok. Okorji. <laughs> <Akorgy. laughs> How are you? Hi, everyone. Hi. Hello. I'm sorry. Thank is you. Today? Good you morning. Said
6: 3 a- what time is it? 3 a.m. there?
10: Yes, it's about 3 a.m. here in Nigeria. So I have to say good evening and good morning. I have to say good evening and good morning. Hi, everyone. Hi. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me. You're welcome. You're welcome.
6: So for the benefit of our listeners, I want to know who who is Alex, and how would you describe yourself?
10: Um, you know, I would just say that Alex Fergie is um, an expressionist, and I use the word expressionist because um, I'm an artist who uses a different medium of the art to basically um, promote expression and empower people. So, yes, I'm an actress, I'm a writer, um, I'm a, uh, a radio host, and that's, you know, different forms of um, media because I use right. visual, um, I use literal, and you know, audio. So I'm using these different forms of media to basically uh, promote consciousness and uh, building a presence of mind as well as empowering people to transform their lives. So, yes, I'm an expressionist. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. And, you know, Alex,
5: um, it just sounds like you're rather a creative person. Um, We've heard to you being referred to as the queen of naked expression, the queen of naked talk, mistruth, naked talker by your fans. Could you share with us the details (laughs) on how you earned those titles (laughs) and what they mean?
10: Uh, (laughs) uh, You know, uh, know, that's a a great question. But um, I think that – First of all, because um I started um building the nature brand with my blog, right, so I started blogging at first um after i had um I had uh gone through a series of bad relationships and a divorce um and I moved back from Ghana, which is another West African country where I was married to um another actor. And when I got back, I had, I was going through a lot of uh, depression, so to speak. And then I started writing. So I started writing to kind of, it was more like um, therapy for me. And then Mm -hmm. I started writing my own filtered thoughts. And a lot of it was, you know, a a bit of it was raw and um, unfiltered and raunchy. And I had what I used to call run and filtered. And so a lot of people, I would write, just how I was feeling, whether it was Mm -hmm. sexual or it was just about relationships or my thoughts on life or love or sex. And because I was very open and transparent and honest about my thoughts, people better call me the naked talker. Right, and some would say truth because they could find the truth, you know, in the things that I was sharing. So I think I kind of earned that name just from the perception that people had about me being very honest and open and transparent. So yes, that's where all of those, you know, <laughs> that's crazy names gotcha. came
4: from.
7: <laughs> Alex, this is Danielle, and you just shared a little bit about what oh, hi, started Danielle. you. Hey, what started you in writing? Okay and um i'm curious mm-hmm. to know the story behind your latest book so is there a juicy story behind this
3: book that that we need to know about
10: um well yeah <laughs> um you know the book the nature really came from you know just really first of all it's a tr- you know it's a book that offers wisdom you know uh it offers wisdom for those who are struggling to accept the truth about life you know, and the realities of love, relationships, sex, and just reinvention of self, and that's you know that story began with my own struggle because I was struggling to accept certain truths. So I was this person who is pretty famous in my country. Um, I got you know in a in a relationship, and again, I got in a relationship with a fellow actor, and you know we got married, had a child. And that relationship didn't work. But, you know, a lot of the time, you know, the relationship didn't work not just because um, he has um, his faults or I had my faults. I wasn't realistic. I didn't have realistic expectations, right?
3: Mm -hmm. And
10: I experienced so many things. Um, that had nothing to do with the exterior things that other people worry about like cheating and all of that. I think that I went I lied to myself and we were all we were lying to ourselves. And so all of the things that I experienced moving back, I decided to stop panning my thoughts. So yes, you know, um I struggled with the backlash. Like, what was gonna happen when media starts talking? I stopped going out because I would go to an event and I'm on the red carpet, you know, and the journalist is asking me, "Oh, hi, Alex. How's it, how's it going? How's your husband? How's marriage?" And I didn't want to lie and say, "Oh, mm-hmm. we're good. We're happy," you know. And that's usual. That's the usual response, you know. Oh, yes, we're great. We're happy, you know. Or you know, so I, figured, I didn't want to lie. And I kind of didn't want to say so much about what was going on, but if I kept hiding and not say anything, then I was gonna burn like burn up because I had all of this, you know, the, I I'd gone through verbal abuse and so much other stuff that I was keeping, and then I also had to deal with my family because again, coming from the African culture. Um, uh-huh. You don't want to kind of, you know, people are rooting for you. They want you to win. They think you guys look good together. You know, people want you to struggle through the relationship. You have to somehow find a way to make it work. But it's not working. So you have to be honest about that and not become, I was, you know, initially people were worried about me becoming one of, you know, a statistic and saying, oh, yeah, she's a single mother and all of that. And I decided that the only way I was going to control the narrative was to sheer my own story but in a way that it was funny and witty and people could learn and could relate with it and use it to also just um help themselves, you know, and empower themselves. So that's really what you know the back the background was the about.
4: Yeah. Ooh. Hi Alex, this is Liz. Hi Liz. Hi. So how has getting naked improved your brand, relationships and life, and how can our listeners use it to reinvent or transform their own lives?
10: Um okay, I'm I'm going to start by explaining what really being naked. I know that you probably have an idea what being naked really is. But, you know, being naked is just being open, being transparent, being expressive, is presenting yourself um just the way you are. Um accepting the flaws that you have, and, you know, being able to express yourself. Now, I feel like it is okay for people to be transparent about their own or their emotional imperfections because even the most beautiful people stand naked before the mirror, and if they're honest with themselves, they may see certain flaws. Now, I what what that has done for me, I've been able to come out and share with people that I am not perfect and neither at they, and that perfection really is a myth because we're all flawed one way or another, right? So uh, Even though people have all these expectations of who they think you are or who they think you should be, um, being naked, which is another word that I use for authentic, is saying, hey, this is me as real as I can be. This is me, you know. Um, you either love me or leave me, right? And so I noticed that at first I was just this actress who is, you know, trying to build a career and doing all of these other amazing creative things. But that's it. That's what I, I felt like that was just ordinary. And I wanted to not just be an actor but I wanted to be someone who influences, you know, the lives of other people. I figured when I when I went through all of the you know, the issues with my relationships and moving back home because of course when you leave, um the entertainment industry is such a place that the newbies coming up every minute, right? So when you Go away. Someone comes and replaces you. So I looked back, and it was hard to get a job, right? Because I'd come back with a baby. I was going through postpartum depression. Um, my, I wasn't, a, you know, my body wasn't the same. I changed a bit. I was struggling with my relationship and myself, and introducing myself into the industry. I figured, you know what? It it made sense to be honest about those struggles rather than pretend, because we're living in an environment where everyone is faking it to make it. So rather than pretend that I'm, you know, happy and I'm leaving this, you know, and this, I, I, I felt it was um, important to be honest and be open and share that with my community, which I did. So that sort of opened me to a new uh, set of people or a new set of followers and fans, and people liked that I was being bold and, um you know, it's mad, and that they could relate to my story because, you know, these different people were struggling in different areas of their life. And so how that has helped me, that has helped me um, earn a new set of fans. Um, um, it also, also helped me, a lot of people send me emails telling me how much my words impact them and how I motivate them and inspire them because I'm honest. And they can find their story, snippets of their own story in my story, right? So that's sort of just expanded my brand, and people can use, I realize that people can use honesty and and authenticity to um, show who they really are. Here's the thing, a lot of people are trying to be um, a version of another person. I will never be offended that someone is living their life being who they really are, but I would be offended if someone was trying to be a version of me and doing a bad job at it. Or if I was trying to be you, for example, and I was doing a bad job of being you. So I realized with all of the advice, you know, there's so much coaching and advice. There's so many experts in this, and there's a lot of talk on things that you need to do, how you need to be, how you need to grow. How do you see through all that information? How do you find yourself? And the truth is when you stand naked, you know, in front of a mirror, staring at whatever is staring back at you is the truth. I can't be looking into the mirror and see Will or Alicia. Right. What I see is me right there staring at me. And so when I take off all the covers and all the layers and I can tap into myself I can start to use my own um I know what my I recognize my own strengths and I can start to use even my weaknesses to challenge myself to become better. So I think that people can use that.
4: Hi. Hello.
0: Hello. Hi, Alex. How are you? This you is Nathaniel. There. Yes, I am here. Okay, hi. <laughs> Sorry, I got a little dead air there. So, um, you know, you have several parts to your negative brand, and I just want to go through a list of those so that our listeners know exactly who you are. So from your blog, okay. Alexandria, in her Naked thoughts, to your radio show, okay. The Naked Talk, yeah. your webinar, The yeah. Naked Challenge, and your self-help book, yeah. The Naked Truth. So let's briefly yes. talk about your blog, Alex and Her negative Thoughts. At what point did hmm. you conceive the idea and what, and what do you write about?
10: Um what I write about is a self-help blog and I share my personal experience and thoughts and observations and I share them in a really witty, honest, unfiltered Um, way and use them as um, a tool, like I said, to empower people. And what I realized is that I kind of created a platform where people can feel safe to be who they Mm -hmm. are, to share what they think. You know, um, we're in an environment where, for example, social media, there's a lot of bullying going on, Um, so many thoughts, and people have an opinion about this, but people are very hurtful with what Mm -hmm. they have to say. But I kind of created a platform where people – know that it's okay for you to come there and feel what you're feeling and say what you're saying and think what you're thinking without um, explanations, without having to feel sorry or embarrassed, uh, whatsoever. So on my blog, I write about love. I write about life, sex, relationships, and reality, and I keep it real. So that's what it is, really.
6: Thank you so much.
3: Hi.
8: Okay. Hi. Um hi, this okay. is Sharon. How are you? I'm sorry. Okay. Um I'm fine. So. Um my question is when was the exact light bulb moment for you when you realized your purpose and your message?
10: That you know, that thank you that's a great question. Um that like, well, I think when I realized my purpose was when I moved back after my separation, and I was struggling to get back into the industry as an actor. And um, again, you know, there are lots of changes that happen, especially when you're in the entertainment industry and you're known as something. And you worry, and that's one of the things that, you know, happens with actors, worry about changing their names because um, what if something happens and then you have to reintroduce yourself? So, But that didn't happen for me because I kept my name. But when I got back, um, just trying to figure out how to get back in the industry, uh, you know, as a big player, the way that I left, you know, in 2009. Not that I left, but, I, you know, I moved countries. Um, I figured mm-hmm. that, I needed to be more than just an artist. I needed to be someone who cheers, um who empowers people, and which is something that I've always wanted to do. So I realized that I was going to take advantage of my weaknesses. And let me tell you what, I'm a chatterbox. box. Like people just go, oh, you know, I'm chirpy, like I just talk. <laughs> and that, you know, would have been something that um, might have been a weakness or a flaw. And I said to myself, okay, so you like to talk. How about you, you know, get back on radio, you get on radio, and just talk, and create a platform where people can share and talk, you know, and have great conversation, right? So you may not always be on set filming like you like you used to but then there's so many other things that you can do, and there are people, lots of women and men, and people going through similar situations, trying to figure out how to reinvent themselves in their career, but not being able to to tap into the truth. Now, here's the thing about the naked movement. The naked movement is what I would say, or being naked has three stages, and the first stage really is expression. The second stage is awareness, and the third stage is transformation. Now, a lot of the times people are feeling things, right, but they don't express what they're feeling or what they're thinking. There's so many people who suppress their thoughts, for fear of being bullied or for fear of being, you know, marginalized or whatever it is. And so we have to, I, you have to learn how to express what you're feeling. And what I realized with expression is that it opens, um, it opens up a certain awareness, a consciousness, right? So mm-hmm. if you, for example, we're feeling some sort of emotion or you're feeling some sort of, I'm using the word emotion, right, but you don't understand what it is. You see someone, you like this person, but you are not saying it. The moment you say, oh, I love you, then there's a certain awareness, a consciousness that comes in for you as well as for the person who's on the receiving end. Now, what you do about that moving forward is what takes you to the transformation stage. Now, I realized that when I first started writing on um, penning my thoughts, I didn't really know what I was feeling. I was just writing and when I started getting feedback from people saying, oh, you're so bold, you're so this, you know, this happened to me the other time. My sister went through this and all of that. You know, you're inspiring me. That was the moment I realized that, wow, I'm inspiring people. This is my purpose. This is what I've always wanted to do. I just need to keep at it in and keep doing, you know, creating more products and platforms to be able to do this and do this on a global level the moment, really. Mm-hmm. Alex, so
8: that, you- that's
4: you,
10: you, you
8: kind of went into and answered the what my next question. This is still Sharon. That okay, it was going to be okay. which had to do with um, you being an advocate for expression, um, and you were recently mm-hmm. spotlighted as a conscience raiser, and so you know I kind yeah. of wanted you to talk a little bit more about okay. about that. Um, about that.
10: Okay. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I was uh, you know, I was recently spotlighted as um, a conscious net raiser and um it was um an American author, Nina Bingham. She's a, she's a, she's an author and a life coach and um she's also been on my show like twice and um, she nominated me for consciousness Razor, and I think that she's been paying attention to a lot of the things I was doing on social media
3: and just with my
10: platforms and trying to get people to build a presence in mind and open up themselves and be conscious of the present 'cause um, you know, we're letting a lot of people are just on auto autopilot and all auto the drive and allowing their subconscious rule them, right? So she nominated, you, and this was totally unsolicited. You know, I just woke up and one day saw this, you know, I was nominated. And um, another, um, a citizen's advocate, um, an American citizen advocate, Joan Trepper, as well, co-nominated me for the same consciousness raiser. And why that meant so much to me is because I'm sitting in my own corner somewhere in Nigeria, in Africa, and people are, you know, in another country or another continent and they can acknowledge that you're doing, you know, little things to get people to become more aware. I feel like if people become more aware of their choices, their decisions, their thoughts, their feelings, then, you know, it would just make the place, uh, make the world so much more comfortable place or easier. Because a lot of times people are so confused about, don't even realize what they're feeling or what they're thinking. So I think that... um, You know, just having Meena Bingham nominates me for that and Joan Tripper as well. I thought that was a great honor, and that's something that, um, because I have so much respect for them and their work as
3: well. So, yeah. great,
7: Awesome, awesome information, Alex. And this is Danielle again, and you have a lot of wisdom that that you're sharing um, with with us, and I appreciate all the wisdom, but I have Mm -hmm. a question that I must ask. How did you uncover all these answers about love and life and gain all the wisdom that you have in Aries.
10: area? Um, again, a lot of this, of course, comes from my personal experience, right? Um, mm-hmm. Having to leave the real world, really, and mm-hmm. having to struggle with relationships and how other people respond to you and people's perception of it and just observing other relationships and observing other people and you know, the things that people also share with me during talk therapy. Um, you know, so and here's the thing. I feel like um a lot of the time, you know, we're still there's you know, we have there's this big myth really about, you know, that everything has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh I also feel like um people feel like love, for example, is a feeling <laughs> Yeah, and that, for me, is just a big mess. I feel like love is a choice, it's a decision. That's the decision that you actually make.
1: And yeah. I can talk,
10: you know, a little bit more about that later. But I, I learned this, or, you know, I went through so much that I was able to, I kind of learned things that hard way, really. I, you know, learned how to break my own heart. You know, I learned how to struggle and find people abandon you and, you know, all of that stuff. So, I kind of decided, why don't you put this in a book? You know, put it, put this in a book, and that people can um, read through it and find elements of themselves. And this is a very relatable book. Like, so yes, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to listen to it and you're going to read part of it and think, oh, I think I can relate with that. You know, I can relate to that. Or, so I, you know, the book has um, contains uh, intimate things that were shared with me. You know, you know, during talk therapy, and people will confide, you know, with me and. I would take a scenario and my observation and my thoughts about it, and I don't feel like all of us are going to leave, leave long enough to make all the mistakes ourselves. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, it contains my own mistakes, the mistakes of other people, observation, things of heard, and I just put that together um, in the book. So that's, you know, what the Naked really is about.
0: So, Alex, tell me this. How is the concept of this book related mm-hmm. to the Naked Movement?
4: Um. Uh,
10: The concept of this book, first of all, um, you know, first of all, it basically holds true that um, we're all flawed, right? So um, the naked movement is about promoting the ideology of being naked, which is really that you can learn to be expressive, find awareness, and use that discovery to transform your life. And this book contains those same truths. So there are elements in this book where I'm talking about um, mistakes that people make in love. From a realistic point, this is an expressive woman's thought, by the way. So, you know, the book contains um, truths about, you know, mistakes that people make in life and dealing a career and how they struggle through friendship and sex and how people get sex confused with love and all of those General mistakes that we make, right? And that sort of um, aligns with the thought of the naked movement, because the naked movement really is um, how people can take whatever experience that they're experiencing and break it down and open themselves up, be aware of it, and move forward, you know, so how they can transform their lives with that. So that's how the book aligns with today naked Wow.
6: Well, I'll, this is Will again, and I know that you said earlier that you were married to an actor, so and your marriage didn't work out. So, looking, you know, at the entertainment industry globally, a lot of marriages and relationships they aren't working out. So, from your point of view, what, why do you think this is a problem?
10: Uh, thank you, thank you, Will. Um, first of all, I think that uh, marriage is a very complex institution. I think it's way complex than our physical minds can comprehend and that's just the truth but you know when it comes to um, a community or an environment like the entertainment industry for example, um, relationships in general really is about related it's about two people being spending time and bonding and growing together now when you're in a career, when you have a career like um, that of an entertainer. You're constantly, or you have two people who have, you know, um, who, constantly, who have jobs that constantly take them away from each other, right? So you're filming in one part of, in one country or one part of one, you know, one state or somewhere else, and you have another person who's in a concert somewhere else. So those kind of relationships put a strain on bonding. It does put a strain on relating because, you know, relationship is about relating. So it takes away it takes away the bonding. it takes away um it creates a lot of space, um it creates a lot of space, you know, so for people to um to grow apart, so to speak. And that puts a lot of pressure and strain on your relationship. So I realize and this is, you know, synonymous with the entertainment industry everywhere in the world, whether it's in Hollywood or Bollywood or even in Nigeria, Nollywood, what we call Nollywood, um you have people who are first attracted to each other, but I'm not realistic about their attraction because, again, like I said, love is not a feeling. So we have people who are acting based on feelings. Feelings change, you know. We have people who are acting based on impulse, and they're supposed to be building this relationship, but they don't even have time to spend because they're apart. And they, you know, find a little bit, of, you know, a few uh-huh. times to spend, but they're apart. It just takes them apart. And so that sort of puts pressure and strain, and they're bonding with other people, you know, the other people that you're spending time with. So I really think that um, that's really what puts um, a strain on relationships, especially with those who are part of the entertainment industry.
6: Wow. Well, Alex, you have given us so much information, and time has flown. Um, I want you to share your information on how people can follow you, especially how they can get your latest book.
10: Okay, um, well, they can get my book. My book, um, you can find it on Amazon. It's in Band Novels and iBooks. But they can get it on my official website. They can just go to dot me is an M-E. And uh, they can connect with me on Twitter. I'm on Twitter as at Alex Acurgy, So, yes, that's probably one of the easiest places to find me. And they can visit my website.
6: Awesome. Do you have any final words, anything that perhaps we overlooked that you want to say before we go?
10: Sorry, I didn't catch that. What did you say?
6: Did you want to, Was there anything that you wanted to say before we go that perhaps you hadn't had a chance to, to mention?
10: Uh, well, you know, I was just going to say that, um, you know, expression, uh, expression is a sign of strength, not weakness. We're, oh, you know, we've been told not to feel, to apologize really for what we feel and how we feel. Right, but I just wanted to let people understand that it is a, you know, it's a sign of strength. It's not weakness. It's okay if you feel like crying. If you want to cry, if you feel broken, it's okay if you, you know, if you're sad. That's not anything to apologize for or be ashamed of. So just understand that, you know, you being able to express what you're thinking and how you're feeling is the first step to your transformation.
6: So that's it. Awesome. Thank awesome. you so much. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, and can't wait to read your book. And get you some sleep.
10: Thank you so much. I, I, you know, I'm really exhausted because I've been awake all day. And we can't, can't tell. Sleep so bad, you know, <laughs> so I'm yeah, really, really yeah. exhausted. I have, like, you know, an early morning. But thank you so much. I'm, I feel really honored. Thank you for inviting me. And it's nice meeting all of Thank you, you for coming here. on. I was trying to catch all the names, but thank you. So much. <laughs> thank
6: you. Thank you.
10: <laughs> yeah, have a good morning. All right, then.
6: Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Awesome. So we're going to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back with hopefully our second guest. If not, we will talk about, um, finish talking about the Oscars. If you listen to Let's Face It, we'll be right back.
3: The odds of becoming a signed artist and having four number one albums. One and one hundred million. The odds of going on to win seven Grammy awards? One and one point four million. The odds of this performer having a child diagnosed with autism? One and sixty-eight. I'm Tony Braxton, and I encourage you to learn more at autismspeaks.org/science. Autism Speaks. It's time to listen. brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council.
1: Kaya weighed just one pound, one ounce at birth and endured a grueling 163 days in the hospital. Thanks to research funded by the March of Dimes, Kaya survived premature birth, the number one killer of babies in the United States. The birth of a child is supposed to be a joyful event, yet each year about 380,000 babies like Kaya are born too soon, and many have serious health problems that can last a lifetime. But you can change that. Join 3 million friends, families, and colleagues in more than 500 communities across the nation in March for Babies. The money we raise is so important in fighting premature birth and other life-threatening challenges that newborns face. We're supporting research and programs that help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthier babies. Sign up, join a team, and start fundraising today at MarchForBabies.org. Together, we can fight premature births and help more babies be born healthy.
0: You're listening to Let's Face It, one of the hottest talk radio shows on the web. Are you looking for more exposure for your brand, product, event, or special story? Let's Face It Radio is the place for you. We're also seeking guest experts specializing in sex and relationships
1: and endured a grueling 163 days in the hospital. Thanks to research funded by the March of Dimes, Kaya survived premature birth, the number one killer of babies in the United States. The birth of a child is supposed to be a joyful event, yet each year about 380,000 babies like Kaya are born too soon, and many have serious health problems that can last a lifetime. But you can change that. Join 3 million friends, families, and colleagues in more than 500 communities across the nation in March for Babies. The money we raise is so important in fighting premature birth and other life-threatening challenges that newborns face. We're supporting research and programs that help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthier babies. Sign up, join a team, and start fundraising today at MarchForBabies.org. Together, we can fight premature birth and help more babies be born healthy.
5: Welcome back to Let's Face It. I'm your host, Alicia Brown. And, of course, this month we've been focusing on a new year, a new you. And so many of you have either businesses that you want to take to the next level or you have a dream that you're finally ready to launch. And that's why you have to hear from our next expert guest. Shahara Wright Esquire is a CEO, business law attorney, professor, community leader, speaker, and author. Um, She has been the owner and lead attorney of the right firm, PLLC, for 15 years. And she has experience with product development, bringing products from mere concept to a fully developed and manufactured brand. And she also founded the CEO Effect, LLC, to work with small business owners who want to position themselves to accelerate growth. So please help me welcome to Let's Face It, Jihara Wright, Esquire. Hello, everyone. How are you? We are wonderful. How are you doing this evening? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you here. Um, you know, as I said in your introduction, there's so many different things that you've done. And, of course, you know, when we think about the new year, um, people have so many different things that they really want to press it with this year. Can you tell us, about some of your first steps into entrepreneurship and what made you finally decide to put feet to your vision? You know, I
11: probably have a different entrepreneurship story than a lot of people. Um, You know, I didn't enter into it willingly. It wasn't really something that – Um, I wanted to do, I felt like I had to, Um, I couldn't find a job, (laughs) and I was out of law school um, looking for a job, um, applying everywhere, and I just couldn't um, get a job anywhere, and so... I said, you know, if I can't find a job, then I'm just going to, you know, open up my own business and I ought to earn money somewhere. So that's just what I did. And my, you know, ultimate intentions were to, you know, work here until, you know, I could actually get a job somewhere else, but that didn't work out. So that's really just what it ended up being is that I needed to earn some money. So I started my own business and that's just where it ended for me or began really. Wow, that's interesting because, you know, a lot of
5: people face that problem where they don't have a job. Um, and it's interesting that you decided to create your own business since you were unemployed.
11: <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, I, I sometimes, you know, I tell people, you know, who are looking for jobs and, you know, you can't get employed and everything else that, you know, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, you know. Um, and... While I wish at the time that I wished I would have been able to get a job and work a nine-to-five and do that, Mm -hmm. I would have preferred it at the time. You know, God knew best and this is where I was supposed to be. But had I not, you know, made a decision to really say, okay, I've got to earn my own money, um, we could, you know, I may still be unemployed. Who knows where my life would be, you know, but I had to make that decision um, to, to do what was best for my family, and I'm glad I did.
7: Okay. Uh, um This is Danielle, and I'm also a fellow entrepreneur, and I can totally relate. And sometimes you have to think out of the box to get creative to earn and generate an income. So my question for you are, is, what are some of the challenges that you had, and how did you overcome them um, and decide not to give up in, in your journey for entrepreneurship?
11: Wow, there's lots of challenges, but the biggest challenge, I think, is money or the lack thereof. Um, You know, I was bootstrapping. Um, I didn't really have a a lot of money to really start this huge law firm and start everything and do all the things that I wanted. Um, And as I earned money, you know, it was the money that I needed to live on, run my business and live on. So I didn't really have, like, an investment. Um, So that was the hardest thing um, to do, and it's still I still experience that in some ways, not not the severity that I did, but of course, you know, not having this huge amount of money that you can work with at all times. You just learn how to do what you need to do. And for me, overcoming it wasn't that it I that it doesn't exist or that I still don't, you know, have to deal with it, but really understanding that this is just a part of the business. This is just part of the way that it is and there there are changes I needed to make in order to go to the next level. And all of those changes I had to kind of apply in my business. And so there were a bunch of different strategies that I had to do, uh, different ways that I had to look at my business, different decisions that I had to make. Um, And those were the things that really kind of made me realize, okay, this is just some things I can control, some things I can't control, and I have to be able to deal with the things that I can't control um, and understand how to work within that. And that's really what I did
10: mm, oh, awesome great
8: hi, um this is Shahar, this is Sharon. How are you? I'm fine. How are
11: you doing Sharon?
8: I'm great I'm great. um so my question kind of piggybacks off of um the last question um well, actually uh, your response to the last question about those strategies. so many people have great business ideas or concepts, and they're just overwhelmed once they lost once they launch their um their business. So can you explain how applying certain strategies, specific strategies in your business matters and is the is the difference maker?
11: Well, sure. You know, a lot of times when people start a business, and, you know, like my own story was kind of different, and I I find that a lot of people when they start a business, you know, they have a great idea, they have something they want to do, they have some passion they want to follow, and they just kind of jump in and they just get started. And it's kind of haphazard. You're just kind of floating around trying to figure out what you're trying to do and how you're trying to do it. And, you know, next thing you know, you're in over your head and you don't know, you know, the left from the right, front from back, and you're trying to figure out what to do. So I think that there are four major strategies that any business should have, and you may not have them all together all at once, but I think that you have to make an effort to put things in place. So those will be unique to have management strategies, and management strategies are not talking about just managing employees or managing people, but manager, managing your business as a whole. Um, that's really, you know, what you need to look at. You need to have legal strategies in place, you know, not only how you incorporate, but whether or not you need trademarks, whether you need copyrights, whether you need contracts, those kinds of things that you need to look at. Um, There's also financial strategies, obviously your bookkeeping and tax strategies that you have, but how you manage your cash, what you do with your cash, those are things that are important. And last but not least are marketing strategies, and everybody knows that they want to sell and they need to market, but most people don't have a plan about what they're trying to do and how they're trying to um, market themselves and really what they want their business to be. So all four of those strategies in part are are important in your business, whether you're new or you're, you know, been in business for a long time, you really have to have those things in place, and you really have to start putting together what a strategic plan. And in doing those strategic plans, you think about all of those different aspects of your business so that you can have a full and complete business. Awesome. Hi, how are you? This is Nate. How are you doing today? I'm well, thank you.
0: Good, um well, it seems like you know with having all of that information to be implemented, such a good time for you to have such an awesome book coming out entrepreneur to c e o Tell us more about it
11: well, entrepreneur to c e o really um kind of came about from working with my clients um over the years i my my law practice really was about working with small businesses, doing day-to-day legal advice and, you know, getting to know my clients, getting to know their business, a lot of the things that were going on in their business really wasn't just about legal issues. It was other things that were causing legal issues. And so as I, you know, talked to them, learned from them, learned in my own business, I really started to understand that it was a mindset that was happening, especially with small businesses and really what we were thinking about, were the minutia, you know, just putting out fires all the time, focusing on the small stuff, and never really taking a look at your business as a whole. So the whole concept of the book is really going from that entrepreneur, you know, I'm just doing something to be doing something, Mm
4: -hmm. to acting like a CEO.
11: And as a CEO, they have strategies in place. That's how they look at their business, how they look at the business itself, and have business models and understand the business as a whole. So that's what from entrepreneur to CEO is about.
6: Awesome.
0: Awesome. Hello, Sahara. How are you? This is Nathango. How are you?
11: I'm well, thank you. How are you, Nathaniel?
0: I'm doing well. So listen, I am a hairstylist, and, you know, I have a lot of, um, you know, my clients and maybe some colleagues who say, well, why don't you have your own salon? You've been doing this for so long. Uh, could you give our listeners, you know, some of the challenges um, it is to becoming an entrepreneur, and what is the difference in really being an entrepreneur versus a CEO?
11: So you he- – As a hairstylist, even though you don't have your own salon, you may be still an entrepreneur, right? You may rent a booth. You may, you know, if you're not having a salary and, you know, your work depends upon you, you know, earning money, then, you know, you're an entrepreneur. I think the difference isn't how much stuff you own, but how you're planning your business Mm -hmm. as a whole. So, Mm -hmm. for example, and I'm just going to use you as an example because, you know, um, we're here, Um, is that, you know, if you like, you know, having, you know, your booth and you like just doing hair and that's just you know, what you like to do and, you know, you're not interested in having some multi-million dollar business and you're not interested in having your own mm-hmm. salon or, you know, wigs or any of that stuff, then that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and you can be that way. But if you're trying mm-hmm. to kind of go to another level and if you're trying to have multiple, you know, salons and you're trying to have employees or, you know, contract people and you're trying to have products, And those things that you're trying to do, then what you're doing now isn't going to work for that, right? How you run your business now isn't going to work for that. Mm -hmm. So then that means you have to start implementing strategies and you have to think, okay, this is where I am now. This is where I want to be. How am I going to get there? And what things do I need to do now to start setting myself up to be where I'm trying to be? So that's how you start implementing strategies. That's how you begin the process of strategizing for what you need to do. So if you mm-hmm. are a sole proprietor at this point, that's fine for where you are now. But if you're going to have your own salon, that's not going to work, right? So now you got to get an LLC, or you got to do a corporation, or you have to do something to be able to put that in place. If you're going to, you know, have a, a salon that, you know, a brand that you're trying to create, then maybe you need to get trademarks you know if you have some type of product that you're trying to put out you you're going to have to do things in a different way to start putting those things together so that as you grow those things are in place instead of waiting until you have grown to try to track backtrack and fix those things because it's much harder that way
0: great perfect thank you so much
11: you're
4: welcome thank you Shahar. this is liz how are you I'm well. How are you, Liz? I'm doing well. So for those people who are claiming, you know, 2016 is going to be their year, they're going to finally step out on faith and launch their business or take it to the next level, what advice would you give them? How can they be successful, and what encouragement would you offer?
11: So I think that if that's what you want to do, then I say do it. Um, you know, I always encourage people to follow their dreams and follow the things that they want to to do, um, and I think you should go for it. However, before Before you go for it, I think you need to have a reality check with yourself and know that it is not going to be easy. Um, It's not going to just come to you just because you have this great idea, this great product, and everybody tells you, ooh, girl, that's so great, or hey, dude, that's so great. doesn't mean that everybody's going to flock to it. You're going to have to put in the time. You're going to have to put in the work. Um, I know there's this concept of these overnight successes, but they're not really overnight. You just found out about it, but it didn't happen overnight. It's a lot of hard work, and it's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears um, that comes along with it, and you need to be mentally prepared for that. That is not um, that easy. And if you have had a job um, and you are used to making a certain amount of money every week or every other week, it does not work like that when you have your own business that your income is not guaranteed to you. So you have to prepare yourself mentally, I think, um, for the changes that are going to come. And also I would say that if this is the year that you're going to do it, then have a plan not only for the year, but for the next years to come. I personally like to plan three to five years out. That's what I like to do. Um, Sometimes that's hard for people, but if At the minimum, you need to plan at least three years out. But three to five years out, you need to plan for. Um, and you may not be able to plan for every detail that happens, but your first year is going to be a building year. The first year is going to be where you're laying your platform. Um, it's going to be, you know, where you're starting to put your foundation. You're just not going to have everything in place your first year, so you need to be mindful of each year it being like a step that you're going to take.
7: Most definitely.
11: (laughs) And you got to be prepared for
7: obstacles that come along the way. uh, Because as entrepreneurs, there (laughs) are definitely obstacles along the way. So when I was reading your bio, I noticed that we we share a lot of different hats. And and one of those uh, things is you're a mother. You have a 7 and 18 year old, on top of being an attorney, a professor, a community leader, a speaker, an author. You have all these different involvements. How do you manage your work-life balance and keep yourself from being overwhelmed?
11: Well, you know, it started with my kids. When my oldest son, um, I, when I when I came out of law school, he was a year old, and I remember going to this um, what they call continuing legal education course Mm-hmm. Um and there was a it was for new specifically for new attorneys, and there was an attorney there that had been there had been practicing for a long time very very well known attorney and One of the things he said is that he had regrets about missing a lot of time with his kids, and that you know one of his sons played tennis and he never saw any of the tennis matches, and his son was really bitter about that. And I couldn't tell you anything else that happened in SDLE. I I don't remember anything, but I remember that. Um, And it stuck with me because I had a young son. So I made the choice at that point that he was going to come first um, and that I wasn't going to miss um, his soccer games. He got into soccer. I wasn't going to miss, you know, all the things that he had going on at school and things like that, that I was going to be there. Which, in turn, made me not make as much money as I could have made. You know, I could have made a lot more money during that time than I did, but my choices were my family is going to be first, and I'm not going to sacrifice that time, you know, for a client. Hey, I can't meet you on Saturdays. I got a soccer game. No, I can't meet you after 6 o'clock. I have, you know, homework to do. Um, Mm -hmm. And I can't go out and network, you know, at the bars and whatever else because, you know, I got a kid at home. And I had to make that choice, Um, and that's really where it started. So everything else kind of built around this, which is what my choices were about where I wanted to spend my time and how I wanted to spend my time. And it changed throughout the years, but for the most part, you know, that's always been a priority for me, which is my kids first, everything else second in terms of that. And if there was anything that was conflicting with You know, my priorities, it just didn't happen. But the sacrifice, in my opinion, was the money, um, Mm -hmm. that I just didn't make the kind of money that I probably could have had I made other choices. But I don't regret it because, you know, I have a good relationship with my kids.
7: Yeah. And did that balance help you from being overwhelmed?
11: You know, no, <laughs> because I mean, you know, I'm overwhelmed, you know, and as mothers, you know you're gonna be overwhelmed because you've got you know homework, you got your kids, you you know you got this, you got that, and I have all these other things that I had obligations to do, and of course, I was overwhelmed at one point or another, um, and even now, I've probably stopped doing a lot of stuff that I was doing before, you know, just to say, okay, I needed some peace of mind myself. Um, I think you're going to get overwhelmed. I think, again, where you cut and where you decide that you can't do something just determines where your priorities were. So if I ever felt like, okay, this is just too much. Um, for example, when I had my second son, um, you know, my kids are 11 years apart, so I was mm-hmm. much older. Um, when I had my second son, and anybody that knows that you have kids later in life, it takes a lot of more out of you. Um, and so i I quit a lot of stuff when I had him. I stopped doing a lot of things, pretty much most of the boards that I on I was on. I stopped doing um a lot of things I just stopped doing because I just said, you know physically, mentally, I just couldn't deal with it um and it was a while before I started stepping back out and doing some other things um but that was just to have the choices I had to make, but that's where I decided to cut when I felt overwhelmed. Those are the things that I decided to cut out. And Shahara, I I thank you because you've given us such a
5: wealth of information um, that I think all different levels could use, Um, whether you are that working mother or you're that new entrepreneur or you're someone who's seasoned, whatever the area is. Um, But I have to ask you, if you knew then what you know now, what would have been some of the things you
11: would have done differently? Oh, wow. Um, You know, one of the biggest things I think I would have done was kept better contact with people um, that I had, you know, met with. Um, I'm an introvert by nature. um, And so I'm not shy. Most introverts aren't shy. But, you know, once I go home, I don't really – I don't really feel like I need to talk to you. I really don't feel like I need to have a conversation with you. I could personally talk to you a year later, and I would be fine with not having had a conversation with you. But some people, you know, they're like, oh, I haven't heard from you in a year, and, you know, they got a problem with that. So I think that um, that would probably be one of the things that I did not do very well um, until probably – much, much later, um, and had I done it from the beginning, I think, in terms of having contacts in terms of you know having a bigger um audience of people that I can communicate with over a period of time that that would be something um, that I would go back and do is that, you know, when you network, um, being able to keep in touch with people, and that doesn't necessarily mean um, having to go to lunch with them every, you know, two weeks or phone calls all the time, but having some method, whether it be email, whether it be, you know, something that reaches out and touches people over a period of time, um, inviting them to different things, having opportunities for people to be, you know, involved with you, I, I definitely would have done that differently.
5: Mm, That's a good one. And how can our listeners follow you and also hear more information about how to purchase the book?
11: So the book is not out yet, um, but you can go to um, my website. So the book will probably be out later on this year, um, and we keep changing the publication date, but that does not mean you can't get really great information because I have a blog, um, and a lot of the information um, that we're talking about now, I give tips about, you know, different business aspects um, on the blog. And that you can go to my website at www.theceoeffect.net. That's T H E c e o e f f e c t dot net um, you can go there you can also follow me on twitter at the c e o effect or on facebook at c e o effect and those are the places where you can find me um, as well uh, and I do webinars monthly webinars I started a new thing with monthly webinars uh, which talked last we- this month we talked about, um, you know, getting a handle of your business cash flow, increasing your business cash flow. Next month in February we're going to be talking about sales um, and how to improve your sales in your business. And that will be, I think it's February 10th, I believe. It's the second Wednesday in February. Um, and that will be really great information as well that you can come and you can find all of that information on my website at net.
5: Absolutely. We would definitely like to go there and and hear of all of that. Um, But, again, we thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, Again, great information, especially at, you know, beginning of a new year where we're making new plans and new goals. So we thank you so much for sharing that with our listeners.
11: Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed my time. You guys have a great night. You,
5: too. Awesome, awesome,
11: awesome. Yeah. Yeah,
6: she was good. She was really good. Mm-hmm. She's a friend of yours, Alicia?
5: Actually, we are in some of the same networks. We're both in the Public Speakers Association.
6: Oh, okay. That's good.
5: Yeah. Well, Jay,
6: Jay, you said our girl, Miss Stacey Dash, has been up to some of her, ant- her antics, right?
0: Yes. Oh, has. God.
6: Really,
0: clearly she has, and I mean, you know, I mean, your good, good girlfriend. I'm, I think she's friends with Nate. Um, I think you all know each other. Um, I'm just saying. Um, I'm
5: just saying. I mean, but, bottle of wine, please. Somebody pass me a God. bottle of wine.
0: Listen, I mean, I, I, I think maybe she stated that quoted him on a show or something. Anyway, but you know, you know, she. He has this idea that we should do away with the BET Awards, the Image Awards, and that we should get away. We should do away with the Black History Month. Um, oh, yes.
6: So mm-hmm. you, you
0: know what? I, I, we're just gonna play a clip, and I'm gonna let
3: y'all that. Oh, there we Hallelujah! We have to make up our minds. Either we want to have segregation or integration. And if we don't want segregation, then we need to get rid of channels like BET and the BET Awards and the Image Awards. Where you're only awarded if you're black If it were the other way around We would be up in arms It's a double standard Just like there shouldn't be a black history month You know, we're Americans Period, that's it
6: so what do you think? Mm. <laughs> oh, she's yeah. What do you think, she well, well, thinks? Right, well, 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 well
0: She's very okay. she, <laughs> she But so in which she did not get an award She did not get no Oscar for that movie
4: uh, listen, so uh, <laughs> you know, and I, neither
0: you for any of the roles you played, you oh. Oh. oh, my God, Jade! No, Seriously, no, it is what it is. It is.
4: What I would, it is.
0: It is, it
7: I it would is. accept what but. she had to say if she decided that we were going to take all of the other award shows that are specific. So the Hispanic community has Univision; they have their own award show too. So if we're gonna mm-hmm. all decide that we're gonna have one. Then I want all of us to be together on this one <clears throat> platform. Until you decide that all the other um, cultures aren't gonna have their own thing, then I want you to sit down and be quiet. Wait well. You personally. know
5: what? I don't even, <laughs> I don't even care about that aspect. What well, I think is very peculiar. You made your money. Off the black
4: hmm. channel, exactly. Mm. Hmm. Yep. And Bye. now
5: you want us to take? We don't need Black History. We don't need well. BET. Why
4: don't you give them their check back then?
5: How many okay. episodes well, you know, did you BET make money ET on the has game? Has been
4: playing her stuff and put hashtag #NeverForget. So they <laughs> caught the oh, show. Yeah,
3: Love it. You're and another I, one you know, that
4: wants to make money off being black.
5: But then you want to take the black card back when it doesn't suit you. Oh, okay. Well, just return so the I think something
8: card. happens. I think something happens when these um, black folks get called onto Fox News Network. Just mm. like they just lose their minds and they just get no. sucked in and they, or drink the Kool Aid no, right or whatever. <laughs> you know, about that. She got to play that little role. Black. You know, it's just, it's ridiculous. And yeah, so we don't need black history month. Until we are are <laughs> adequately recognized in our history textbooks, then yeah, there yeah. is a need. I got students right now who are like, I'm I'm teaching the novel Um The Invisible Man by um, mm. Ralph Ellison and mm-hmm. i was telling them how certain characters parallel with real characters in history. And I asked them, Do they know who Marcus Garvey is? And they're just like, Who is that? And wow! I said, what was what Washington's ideology versus W.E.B. Du Bois? They had they were clueless, and these are my AP list. Wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm like, so there is a need, you know, like wake up, Please. Stacey Dash, clueless. Mm. <laughs>
0: it. You know, That's exactly what it is. It. Stacey Dash is a moron. And she's <laughs> only doing this because she's <laughs> irrelevant. So what <laughs> and she, she does it. because when you're irrelevant, that's it, those are the things you do. You say stupid things to the stupid oh, audience to get well, stupid no. results. Is that, is, that, is that you talking about Jason? Which is probably why Jay a... brought this up, because only this would appeal to someone like Jay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, you know, oh my. Okay. You're done. Jay, well, you're done? Well, but, but what you have to understand that new levels means new devils. So it's okay. That means Jason. I'm rising closer to the top. You've never been attacked like that.
5: It's okay, everybody.
4: All
6: right, Jada and Janet. Jada and Janet, we have a trophy? Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let me ask this question. So, Mm -hmm. do you guys, how would you feel if you went to a school and they had a white student organization? They do. I
0: have them. I'm
5: about to say (laughs) KKK, skinheads.
6: How would you feel if you went and they had a um, membership? For a white student organization, forget the things that are are, are unspoken. If if they're advertising a white, but they but they've
0: already done that. Will in the past for I mean, years. Of they, they they and they, they still transition. do. They're trying, to, they're trying to make it seem like, oh, well, we want you here because you're black. You know, come on in. Mm-hmm. Then. Then, they, they, then they put it all in the magazines and the billboards. We have a black kid in our group. One black kid. <laughs> Two hundred 200 <laughs> 200 white kids. You know, but I, I experienced that in high school. What we do, but I mean, I, I understand what maybe Stacy was trying to come from—that she doesn't like right. the segregation. But if you're not going to accept everyone and show, you know, show acceptance for everyone, we have to segregate. I mean, look at everything else. I mean, we got the—I mean, even gay people have their own awards. I mean, let's be real. I mean, if you're not going to be accepted and, and you're not going to be platformed, we're going to have exactly. to go and create our own thing.
7: So well,
0: okay.
8: exactly. Well, and and. These organizations, black organizations, whatever, they're not necessarily exclusive. They don't tell you, oh, you're white, so you can't join, that you can't be a part. Right. Um, mm-hmm. White people just choose not to.
0: <laughs> <So> they <laughs> well, with
8: black folks, and they're like, oh, I don't know if I want to be a part of that, you
0: know. The same with the award shows, you know, just because it's the Image Awards or the BET Awards, they still acknowledge white. The well, yeah, like Stephen
8: Spielberg the Who award,
9: was though.
8: always Stephen Spielberg was always Omitted by the academy Because I guess because he liked black people Is his white black? Yeah, black, so. black? But yeah. at oh, any he rate is. He was never nominated uh-huh. But he did receive like an image award I believe, Or a BET award or something So they are acknowledged um, When I look in a magazine If I pick up Glamour magazine or whatever What do I see? I see white women I don't uh-huh. see a represent. I don't see women who represent me. So yeah, there is a need for Essence Magazine and
0: Jet so and whatever to
8: that, You know. But it's the sad thing done.
0: about it is, if you if you look at Jet and look at, and look at Essence, those those magazines are thinning out so badly, and it's just I like I'm really afraid good. that I'm afraid I'm afraid that that is going to be a part of our heritage that is going to be gone because we're not supporting them, we're not getting the sponsorships that we should. But if you look at Vogue magazine, or if you look at Town and Country, I mean, they have a thousand mm-hmm.
9: ads.
0: It's like an encyclopedia. So we we really, I mean, just to, to, feed, to piggyback picking back on what Jada said, I mean, we as a community really have to start pouring back into our businesses and and supporting each other. And I think that is the problem that that we're having here that we just don't support each other. And I mean, quite mm-hmm. you know, Lee trying to he kind of chimed in on that a long time ago. He came which across with a which we need to make our businesses better. Well, I, I guess. It's, 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 we've been to several businesses where we've been supported by each other, and we do each other wrong. And that's very true. And that's very true. And, I mean, I've been to black establishments like restaurants, and, I mean, the customer service is horrible. <laughs> and, I mean, well, it's
7: just like, what are, to that what are degree, we to though, do? To that degree, there's to, also
0: with, bad, bad restaurants
7: that are not black-owned, too. And I think we put a lot of energy on the bad apples when yes. they're bad apples. So if you go to Starbucks when you get a bad experience or you no longer want to
0: Starbucks. It doesn't work that way. Right. Right. I
7: think that we, but, but you um, gotta look, marginalize look at, it more than what yeah. it actually is.
0: But, but look at the platform that Starbucks is on compared to uh, Gladys and Ron's, which is a black-owned restaurant. I mean, mm-hmm. we stick out like a sore thumb. So we don't have many black restaurants. So when we do get one if the service is bad, Bam! Everyone knows about it, and and, and, and you know, and it it's sad because Starbucks is up here. So who cares if if one person comes in and their mocha's not right? I mean, there's thousands and hundreds of other people who support Starbucks that's going to knock you down for that one comment. So it's it, mm-hmm. it, it, it normally it normally it's us that is beating up the, the 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 restaurant. It's no one else. It's normally us. We're the one that's always on Facebook. Don't go there. Don't eat there. Instead of just pulling the manager aside and saying, listen. This is what I experienced. I just want to give you some feedback versus just destroying the business in a public sector.
1: Mm -hmm.
7: Well, I think it's a two-fold problem there because one of the Mm -hmm. issues is we don't have enough because you just mentioned Starbucks is all over the place. So we don't have Mm -hmm. so many options. So if that one place is horrible, then that's the only one place we can vocalize about. I do agree that we don't help support each other. So when things are flawed, instead of broadcasting, see how we can uplift and fix the issue. I agree with that statement, but I'm concerned that we put energy in what we lack or what we don't do, right, instead of focusing on what we do have and how we can monopolize that and have more.
4: Absolutely. And so, like,
7: one of the problems that I had with Jada is she's in a position to give up more. So I I appreciate you saying that it's an issue, but please put your money where your mouth is Mm, and tell me that you are going to do your part, you and your husband to fix it, give us more movies, give us more restaurants so that we can fix it and we can fix magazines and all these other issues that we have as a community. Because right now um, we get divided so quickly off of that stuff instead of coming together and figuring out how to fix the problem. Because I can talk about how bad the restaurant is, but that's not helping fix the restaurant or our community as a whole. Mm
0: -hmm. But can I well also said. make a statement? Can I also yeah. make a statement as well? And, and, and not not to like I said, not to down my people. But at the end of the day, once sometimes when we get to a certain level in our career, we become a little cocky. We become a little arrogant. Uh, so sometimes, uh, so sometimes, sometimes we don't take feedback well. We think we know it so, all. So well, we, we we have arrived. So, therefore, we don't need your help no more. We don't need your money no more. We don't need your support because we got five white people over here that come to our business, but you got Thank ten you. other people who have been supporting you all your life, but you don't want to listen to them. And I think that's, that, that's the point where you always should be humble in any level of your career. Stay humble and always be willing to take feedback from people who are already doing it. Never take constructive criticism from people who have not arrived because if those people are not doing it, why would you want to take any type of feedback from them? Take it from the person that's, that's already doing it, that has arrived, that that has the accolades, that that know what they're doing, and they're going to give you the positive feedback to to allow your business to grow. And I think that's where we need to improve. Just always have, be humble and have an open mind.
5: Hey, man.
6: Okay. Well, Nate brought up our last topic, um, which is on Brandy. Brandy um, was on. Yes. I think what was it? The real.
0: On the the real.
6: And they were talking
0: about her dating, and they were asking her why ha- why wasn't she dating. And she said that she don't want to date. Um, she's so happy and well-suited in her lifestyle that she's in that she don't want to date or she don't want to be married. And the rest of the women just did not understand that she did not <laughs> want to be married. And she was like, yeah, familiar. I mean,
10: I'm happy. I agree with her.
0: Everywhere. And it reminded me her. of a scripture because you know I'm I'm, I'm oh, very geez. spiritual. The devil always <laughs> knows <laughs> the word. <laughs> the, de- the devil Close. does know the word. Don't you know? <laughs> the devil does know the word. My
4: God! So I know be careful. you should careful. know the
0: scripture I'm about to come from. And the Bible <laughs> declares that I rather well, you oh, be. Oh no! In whatsoever state you are in. So Brandy understood what the Bible meant, and she wanted to be
5: content
0: in the yes, state God. that she was in. Jesus, How could many people
5: turn people? my water into wine right now? Somebody turn to your neighbor and just say
4: content. <laughs> well, content. I will say it for you. I got from the yeah. audience. <laughs> no, no, I, I,
0: I actually agree. I actually do agree. So do y'all feel that they that she should be with someone? I don't. And then when have no. women? Okay. So when did women, because, um, you know, it was a time everybody wanted to be married, but they were 23. So do you feel, um, and, you know, Jay has already voiced his opinion, but I want to hear from the other women. Do you feel well, that you have <laughs> to be married now?
6: Let's hear a um, quick first. no. Let's hear a clip
8: before you. Hey, shake boots. booty. I'm so satisfied know. being being by myself. I yeah. love it. I don't. I don't. I have never taken this much but time But let them know you date though, right? Or I don't date. I haven't been out on a date in like a year. <laughs> Wait, About so I don't know why. Well, because um, I don't know. I just I just like. Me right now. I just like the way it feels being by myself and taking care of my daughter
2: and just doing my thing. I'm I'm all about my career right now. And I I think every woman should enjoy that period.
1: Every woman if you have a chance to enjoy that moment before you're married, do it. Mm -hmm. But wait, she's saying she doesn't she doesn't ever see marriage in the future. I, I don't. I think it's too far to look ahead, though. For right now, you're just enjoying and where you're You don't start. know what's going on at first. I don't know. You know you go
9: don't go want to go down that road. I know I don't Thank want Thank you, Brandon. Yes. I've been trying to tell these <laughs> it's helpers it's right overhand. here about this, and <laughs> they know, don't believe it, me. Yeah, they yeah. want to push You know, And you know what? when she's saying that it, it might happen for you yes. but for right now you doing you and we have to respect that and right. that's
2: all we ask I that love people that. respect yeah. people yeah. want to be themselves I never get why people would hear something like that and go oh, oh no, my God. You, no trust me you want it, and you're like yeah. no I don't yeah, and you I'm
9: can't good. convince me because the people don't want to believe it people yeah. People do not think they're like no you want love and I'm like I didn't say I didn't want love mm-hmm. I didn't say I didn't want companionship yeah. I just said I don't want to get married Yeah. and, and I love love a little bit Brady, better and Exactly. Loving,
0: Loving herself. That's right, and girl. that's beautiful. Amen.
5: And amen, amen again.
0: And amen you know, again.
5: Listening to Brandy, I, I relate so much to her. Because I feel like our society is so obsessed with sex. They are so obsessed mm-hmm. with togetherness. And I'm not saying a healthy we whether it's romantic, whether it's family, whether it's friendship. You should always have healthy relationships, regardless what type of relationship that is. But people look at it like, oh, my God, you don't have plans to be married in the next. You know, they want to plan your life for you. And my thing is, you know, it's funny Nate said to be content in whatever season you're in and use that scripture. It's nothing wrong if in this season you don't want that.
1: As long as you're content,
5: as long as you're working on something and fulfilling something, you know, this person over here, your plan may be marriage and kids, and that's what you're working on. This person over here, your, your thing might be your health. This person over here, your thing might be your business. At different points in your life, the priority changes and it's something else. So why uh-huh. do I care if today your focus is marriage and then someone over here, your focus is business? I got to worry mm-hmm. about my own life and my own focus. So, Brandy, mm-hmm. if you're happy in whatever state you're in, go girl. Um, Ain't nobody business. If you if you want to be married, if you plan to be married, do you have a five-year plan, two-year plan, that's Brandy business. Yeah. Just be happy and live your life. Don't hurt nobody else, though.
7: That's right. right. I agree with everything right. you said. Right. I I think uh-huh. she's coming from a space, though, where she has uh pretended to be married once, was engaged to somebody mm-hmm. else, so she didn't have all these screwy relationships. She probably do want to take calls and focus on herself. Yes. Um, well, you should. We, we should be able to do that. Uh, I think that she was coming from a space of I just want to figure me out and I want to love on me for a while. And I mm-hmm. think everyone should have an opportunity uh, to do that. No one is required to have a meet. In in 2016, I think it's kind of funny to have the expectation for any woman to have to have a mate. Um, Girl, preach. Uh, that things are changing uh, for for how we view relationships and family dynamics and structure, and so we should allow each person to decide what works for them. Because what works for Danielle may not work for Alicia or Will.
5: Well, Well, I love Danielle happy
7: So that's all that matters As long as I'm happy So Brandy happy I'm happy
0: Well Mm -hmm.
4: (laughs) Any opposing
0: Any opposing
6: Well (laughs) whoa, lord I ain't heard Uh, from Liz I ain't
0: heard from Liz She be booed up on Snapchat Oh Oh, You tried it
6: Oh
4: I did not know that First off I do not be boot up on Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> Second well. off, I agree with Brandy. I mean, I've been that person where I'm out of one relationship and I'm into a next one, and it gets exhausting. It gets very tiring because it's like, when when do I have? Be time. When do I get to date mm-hmm. myself? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm happy for her. I'm glad she's in a space where you know she can go date herself and know herself and just be by herself. I mean, at some point you get tired of being around people and being with someone all. Mm-hmm. The time. So I'm, I'm happy Liz. for her. I'm so <laughs> ready at your feet. Yes. Right. <laughs> Let's take a
0: heart. Are
4: they hundred. So yeah. Wait
0: a minute! 5, <laughs> today, oh wow! Is. I'm just saying. I mean, cause
4: that's
0: a word. I mean, that's real. I mean, you
6: know,
0: well, Nothing wrong with it. You know. Well, go ahead. awesome. Well, gotta be by yourself.
6: I want to thank everyone for doing well, such a wonderful job tonight. Um, Sharon. We were great. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, yeah. Thanks for all your energy and your insight and your experience. Thank you. We appreciate Thank it you. so it much.
1: Fun. It
6: was fun. It was? Good. All right. Um, and I'll tell you how we do the um, the clips off the air. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. But um, I want everyone to have a very blessed weekend. I mean, a very blessed week. I'm sorry. And next week we have Ms. Halima Bellows who is going to come and talk about basically how to jumpstart or to take your career to the next level in 2016 she's fabulous I've heard her so um, make sure you tune in next week same place same time Um, anybody have any closing words they want to say love and blessings everyone Nope. no all right then have a great evening and we'll see you next week have a great week Yeah. Yeah. Week. We have a weekend. We (laughs) hope
1: you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and friends. We ask that you visit www.letsfaceitradio.com for up-to-date information on future shows, special guests, advertising opportunities, and exciting interactive ways that you can be a part of the show. Join us next week, same time, same place, for real people.
0: Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this
2: year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The
9: moon, yeah.